Are you glad to be here today? Looks that way when we've got so many people in. I have pitched this word that I'm going to share today um, for anybody under the age of 116. Okay? So if you are under the age of 116, let's make a little bit of noise so I know I've pitched this well. Okay, that's great because the oldest person currently in the world is 116 and something like 302 days. I don't know. So I thought, well, if I pitch it at that, it's a safe bet. I'm going to have a few people in the room who are going to be able to connect with me and think like, she, she's all right. Like, she's pitched this well. So as long as you're under 116, um, you, this, this is just for you. Uh, when Dave was talking about sport, I wasn't actually going to tell this story, Dave, but I'm going to tell it anyway because like, I think we've had like, like I think we, we can connect over that. You know, I, I said my mum and my auntie are both really fit people. And even into the latter years, you've been very active and, and everything. And when my mum was younger, she was on the netball team at school. And I said to mum, not that long ago, maybe only about 10 years ago, I don't know why I only decided to reveal this 10 years ago, um, but I said to mum, oh, she was saying about being on the netball team, I was like, I was on the netball team at school. So she was like, were you? No, Be bear with me. <laughs> I'm being vulnerable and open, right, which is what we're supposed to be. So, she was like, were you? Looking slightly shocked because the first time I ever hit a ball in rounders was about 35. She was like, really? So I was like, yeah. She was like, what position did you play, Vicky? So I was like, I ran up and down the side. So she said, okay, you ran up and down the side. So I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and they just used to tell me to run. So she said, well, did you wear a bib? You know, like goal attack and everything. I was like, no. And she was like, and you were on the team? I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, what did you do? I said, well, I ran up and down the side. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was guarding the sidelines. <laughs> and then she was like, were you like on the court, like that side of the line? I was like, no, I was that side of the line. She was like, love, I don't think you were on the team. She was like, I think they just put you there because they didn't know what to do with you. And honestly, if I stopped running, they just used to go, Vicky. I go, what though? Run. And I'll go, and I just run up and down the sidelines. I want to say to you today, don't let anybody pick your position in Christ, okay? And the part that you play. Are you happy now, Barry, that I've brought it around to something else? <laughs> I am cool that I was never on the netball team, but I know the minute I accepted Christ, I was on his team and nobody could pick my position because I am who he says I am. So what I want to say is at the beginning of this message, don't sit there and think, oh, it's not really for me because I couldn't do that because I'm this and I'm that. The Bible is littered with people who had really good reasons as to why they couldn't do what God had asked them to do. But God picked them and God chose them and God called them because they were who he said they were, not how they saw themselves. So nobody can pick your part in Christ today and the place that you are going to play. So let's say this as we mean it, our declaration. I am a child of God. Is it up? Yeah. I am entitled to all the benefits that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me and to respond with faith, belief, and be changed by his word. Amen. Are we ready? Are we ready to hear what he's got to say to everybody under the age of 116? Because this word nobody is exempt from. Yeah. 
It's not for some and not for others. It's for all of us. It's all inclusive. His word is all inclusive. Barry was saying, we were at some friends uh, a few nights ago, and Barry will, will often say this, but I thought, how true it is, and I just t- took a moment to think about it. Can you imagine a time when the luxury of walking freely into church isn't an option anymore? Can you imagine a time when you don't have the opportunity to tell people about what Jesus has done for you anymore? Can you imagine a time where you're reading your Bible has to be behind closed doors in the hope that nobody knocks on your front door, a government official doesn't knock on your front door, and you have to hide what's going on? Can you imagine a time like that? There are countries in this world, and that is exactly what they are living under. They are living under that regime. I saw a video a few years ago of an organization that we support as a church called North Korea and Beyond. And I saw this video, and it was of these few people in the dark. And what you could hear was you could hear them muttering really quietly and praying, and they were praying together. And I was like, I was so taken by their passion to still gather together to seek the Lord. And they had Bibles that had been smuggled in for them and the passion they had to get together and to gather. You know what, church? We have a freedom in this country. And while we have that freedom, we need to be moving in the freedom that we have. We need to be, let's never take for granted coming to church on a Sunday morning. If If that time ever came, and I would say with the way that the world is going, I could see that happening at some point. I could see that the government will ramp it up so that we can't speak freely about the gospel of Jesus. I can see that happening. I watched something on the telly. Very, very big event I watched on the telly. And there was somebody, and towards the end of it, they began to wave a flag on the platform. And I was like, how is it okay to wave that flag but not be able to wave a flag with the name of Jesus on it? How is that okay? But at the moment, we aren't living in days where these things have to be done in secret. We can still speak with freedom. We can still come to church with freedom. I was thinking, would I have regrets when and if those days come of how loosely maybe I held the privilege of being able to meet together here on a Sunday? I can do whatever I want during the week. This isn't what my words about either, but we're going with it for a minute. I can do anything I want to see. I can watch YouTube podcasts on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can listen to my worship, but yet I will neglect coming here on a Sunday when we meet together to lift up the name of Jesus and to praise and worship him. Would I feel regret at how loosely I had held this opportunity to be here? I remember preaching many years ago and saying, If Jesus was going to be here in person, I tell you we'd have queues up the road to get in through the door. Jesus is in the house. Every time we meet together on a Sunday, Jesus is in the house. And I would say to you, while we have the freedom to walk through the doors of this place with our head held high, why would we be late? Why would we be anywhere else when we can be here at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning together? And all the other stuff... Your podcast, your reading, your private worship, all of that, brilliant. But why choose a Sunday morning when we can be together? Amen? Amen. Let's enjoy the freedom and make the most of the freedom that we've got. It's good news that this isn't how it is. We don't have to do things in secret. 
So let's use it. It's a gift. Freedom is a gift. Freedom is a gift. What we have in this country is a gift. Jesus, yes, he would have died if it was only me, but he didn't die for only me. And therefore, the gift of salvation I have been given is to spread it out and to let people know and to speak about Jesus. John chapter 9 verse 4 says, We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. So just for a moment, imagine if there was a date of next Sunday and at that point, Christian churches were shut down. Bibles were banned. Christians had no freedom of speech whatsoever. And this was our last Sunday and our last week to reach the lost. How would we do it? How would we do it? Our hearts should burn with passion so that what I have received and that what you have received, we would spread abroad as fast as we possibly could because of the life-changing power of Jesus. Do you know when you've met Jesus, there's a responsibility on us. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse starting in verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Wow. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As God's partners, we are in partnership with God. We are in part, if we are Christians in this place, we are in partnership with God. We beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. As Christians, we are always preaching a message. Always. We might do well with the message. We might not do very well with the message. But we're always preaching a message. Because when people know that we're Christians, people will watch People will be skeptical of us. People are skeptical of God. People are like, what is this whole Easter cross thing all about? People will watch how we behave, how we speak, how we act. And people will make a judgment on that. We have a message that we preach that others will watch and hear. So here's the thing, what if We pointed others to Jesus without even thinking about it. You see, sharing Jesus with people, imagine if it came so easy because it's just what we do. The title of this message today is, It's What We Do. As Christians, as Hope Church, it's what we do. You see, sharing Jesus, sometimes you'll hear the term evangelism. Sharing Jesus is a way of life, it's not an event. Rach, sorry. You see, it's great to do evangelistic events. I'm just 
Yes, it is for churches to do evangelistic events. But here's the thing. Sometimes we put on our jacket, going to share Jesus today. (laughs) Going on the egg drop around the neighborhood, (laughs) and I am going to share Jesus. And so you will put your jacket on. Actually, if anybody wants to come on our outreach events, we do not wear jackets (laughs) that say, share Jesus on the back. I just thought that sounds very weird. We don't. This is a prop and a prop only. If anybody ever sees me out wearing one of these, grab me, wrestle me to the floor and remove it, all right, if I ever have a mad moment. But it's, it's not an event. It's not a thing that we attend. Sharing Jesus is a way of life. When we are Christians, it's a way of life. We don't put a jacket on and say, okay, Barry, I'm going to be back in an hour because I'm just off to Asda, and today I've decided I'm sharing Jesus. (laughs) Because sharing Jesus should be our DNA. It's not something that we put on. It's not something that we take off. And yes, we have events that we do and that we go to, but I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about living our lives out in front of people. That doesn't mean you don't have to get things wrong, because I get many things wrong, and I'm sure my kids sometimes wonder, is she sharing Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, how many years have you known me? (laughs) About 30, maybe. (laughs) Pipe down. But it's not an event that we just put on. It's not an event that we just attend. It's a way of life. It's our DNA. I don't get up in the morning and put my DNA on. It's part of me. It's something that cannot be stripped away from me. My DNA cannot be stripped away from me. It's the essence and the core of who I am. And I want to say today, Christians, what's our DNA? How do we go about sharing Jesus? Imagine if we didn't think about having to put a jacket on and go to an event and we just did it because it's just what we do. It's just what we do the minute we wake up in the morning, it's just what we do. When we go to bed at night, it's just what we do. We don't necessarily even have to think about it because we're being led by the Holy Spirit to speak into people's lives, to see people you know, there's, um, I'm shooting to the end for a, uh, another scripture that I was going to use at the end, but it Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What if it was just an attitude of, it's what we do, because it's our DNA, because the Holy Spirit has come upon me, and he's filled me. And throughout my day, I'm not thinking, I'm sharing Jesus because I've got my jacket on. I'm just in an environment where somebody just stands out to me. Or somebody in my world is struggling, and I just pick up the phone and I go and offer to do something for them. Because I just know in that moment, they need it. And that's sharing Jesus. I'm going to remove the jacket before I get too comfortable. I'm wearing a jacket that says share Jesus. It's what we do. It's our DNA. Sharing Jesus is our DNA. The commission was given to us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Be my witnesses. While it's still day, while it's still light, because the night is coming when no one can work. But we are in a privileged position in this country 
that no matter what is said about Christians, we still have a voice. We still have a voice. We still have an opportunity to get together here and praise and worship and shout it from the rooftops. Church, we need to grow this church as fast as we possibly can while it's still day. While it's still day. So the more people that come in, do we count numbers on a Sunday? Absolutely we do. You know why? Because every number is a life. We're not counting numbers to make us feel good because, oh, we've got this many people this Sunday. It's like, no, okay, all right. So um, what's the, uh, what's a, so, because like, being pastors, there's all the practical side of stuff. So like we'll say to Anne who's had the fire marshals in, okay, how many people can we fit in this room? Okay, legally, how many, right, okay. So once we kind of get in near to that, we need to put another service on. Why? Not to make anybody look good because every number's a life. That's why, church, we need to grow this church as fast as we possibly can so that people will come in and find Jesus because he is the only one that will be everything that they need in their lives. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus came with a mission to seek and save the lost. I was a lost. I was a lost one. He came to seek and save me. And people in my world spoke into my world. When I was broken... When behind closed doors, nobody knew of my brokenness. Nobody. Nobody knew the anxiety that I would feel at the mention of something. Nobody would know the suffocating feeling I would get to be in an environment where something was being talked about. Nobody had a clue. I was Vicky. I was smiley. I was life and soul. Nobody had a clue. But God placed people in my world who just shared Jesus as their DNA. And they were just around me. And then there came an opportunity to go to church. I'd been brought up in church. I'd not been for quite a few years. And an opportunity came. And I was invited to church. And you know that invite changed my life forever. It changed my life forever. 22 years ago, changed my life forever. Never underestimate the power of sharing Jesus in your everyday life and being around. And never underestimate the power of an invite to church. Barry, probably 21 years ago, was invited to church. It changed his life forever. There is no one too far for God to reach. There are people in your world. John chapter 14, verse 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. The Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. And then Jesus says this, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater. So don't let anybody pick the part that you play in seeking the lost. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not very good at speaking. Because maybe you don't have the confidence to speak out about it at the moment. But it's part of your DNA. 
He came to seek and save the lost, and he's saying, that's what we're going to do, but we're going to do it even greater. Then imagine the power that is within us to seek and save the lost. Imagine the power. Does that, that excites me. I'm like, wow, God, you chose me. (laughs) You chose me to seek and save the lost through your name. You chose me to put that power within me. You chose me. He chose you. He chose you and the lie that we're not up to it and we're not very good at it has been fed to us by somebody who has an agenda to make sure that people don't find Jesus and it's the enemy. I'm here to tell you today the power is within you to do far greater than Jesus ever did. The power is within you. And I want you to hold your head up high and I want you to sit up straight and go, you know what? Yeah, I can do this. I can reach those people in my world because Jesus came to seek and save the lost and I'm going to do even greater than that. It's what we do. It's what we do. Jesus was amazing at pointing people in the direction of truth. And we will do this and even greater. So how do we move from it being an event where you're like, okay, I'm happy to come out and post things through the door and put my jacket on, which we absolutely love people turning up to our outreach events. The next time we do one, don't think I'm saying don't come, all right? Come, right? (laughs) But where do we move from that to it being just a way of life, to it being just what I do? Vicky, how do I do that? We need to create a culture that this is just what we do. We need to remove the, 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 the mindset that's been so restricted, making us believe that actually nobody wants to know, nobody wants to listen, we can't mention the name of Jesus, actually I can't speak very well so I can't say it. Uh, Moses said that and he did pretty well for himself. You can do it. You can do it. You can speak to those people in your world. Conditioning and training our minds until it's just what we do. It's just so much a part of us. I just want to help you by sharing three points, three things that you can do. Looking at what Jesus did and how we can do that. Take some notes, write these three points down, go away and think about them. They're really, really straightforward, but they are something that you will realize this is something you can do. And in doing this, we will condition our thinking into, yes, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I am able to do. It's my way of life. So let's look at Jesus in three points. It's not many points to look at Jesus, is it? Considering who he is, but we're just going to break it down into three points today. Number one, Jesus set his mind on the mission. He set his mind on seeking and saving the lost. He didn't deviate from that. He set his mind on seeking and saving the lost. You know when it came to him going to the cross and he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and in that moment, just in that moment, He said, if it's possible, that I don't have to go through this. But he went through. Because he never deviated from the mission. He set his mind on the mission to seek and save those who were lost. 
So number one, we need to set our mind on the mission. What is the mission that has been given to us? Jesus has given us the mission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus has given us the mission to seek and save the lost. There is a mission as Christ's ambassadors that, have been given to, that has been given to us. We need to set our mind on the mission. In the morning when you wake up, when you open your eyes, pray. Just pray. God, give me opportunities today. God, let me see with your eyes who you're putting around me to speak to today. Open your eyes and remind yourself that the mission today is to seek and save the lost. Without having to put a jacket on just because it's what we do. Focus your mind the minute you open your eyes in the morning. And I speak to myself and I challenge myself of this because I promise you the first thing I think in the morning when I open my eyes is, isn't, oh, my mission is to seek and save the lost. It's usually, oh, what time is it? I've got to get the pat lunches done. Because that's never Barry's thought in the morning, everybody. <laughs> do we do pat lunches? But what if at the beginning of the day we focused our minds on the mission? On the mission of Jesus Christ to seek and save the lost. Remembering that these days might be limited. These opportunities we've got, let's not be people who live in regret. I wish I'd taken those opportunities while we had them. We have them. They may last for the next hundred years. They may last for the next year. I don't know, but we have days of freedom. We have days of freedom to reach out and share Jesus with people. Pray for God-given opportunities. Focus on being aware of who is around you. Be in line with God. Be in partnership with him so that he can just direct your paths. You don't have to worry about going out and thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to find somebody. I've got to find somebody. You will freak somebody out if you do that. <laughs> and when you speak to people, you don't have to use really fancy words. You just need to be you. Yeah, come on. But focus on him and let him direct your steps. Salvation goes beyond me and it goes beyond you. We have a responsibility to share the message of salvation. However that is, that doesn't mean you have to go straight out and preach to people. Just says, set your mind on the mission. Jesus set his mind on the mission and he never strayed from it. Number two, be a mover. And a shaker if you want to be. (laughs) Jesus moved among the people. They knew where to find him. They knew where to find hope. They knew where to find peace. They knew where to find an answer. They knew where he would be. The woman with the issue of blood knew where Jesus would be. And she knew if she just got to him, would be her answer, would be a miracle. We are ambassadors of Christ. So when we are moving amongst people, we don't isolate ourselves as Christians. No, no, we move amongst people. We be around people so that people see something different and just say, do you know what, if I can just get to speak to Vicky. If I can just get to speak to Ange, I just know I'll find an answer. But they can't do that if we stay in our four walls and all we ever do is meet together. Meeting together is right. We build one another up in the faith. But we need to be reaching out. We need to be moving amongst the people. Jesus was a mover. 
he moved among the people so that people would know where to find him because his reputation was enough. Let's be movers with a reputation of Jesus because we are ambassadors of Christ. Let's be movers with a reputation of Jesus. And here's the thing, Jesus was a shaker. He shook it all up. He told stories that blew people's minds. Let's be people that when we share our story, it just bang, it just blows people's mind what Jesus has done. Because the power is within us to do it because it says we're going to do greater than Jesus. And he walked the earth and he did it. Be a mover with a reputation of Jesus. Who needs your care at the moment? Who needs your kindness? Who needs you to ask, are you okay? I read something the last three days about those words. Are you okay? The power that is in those words when people are suffering in silence. And maybe they won't tell you that they're not okay. But they will know you care. And they will know I care. And they will know that we've taken the time to stop from our schedules to just say, are you okay? And then you know what? When they're ready to talk, because you've moved with the reputation of Jesus, they'll know where to come. Because they knew where to find Jesus. Be a mover with the reputation of Jesus. Remember, salvation goes beyond me. And salvation goes beyond you. And there are people yet that have never heard the message. Just be a mover with a reputation of Jesus and walk among the people. Point number three, open your mouth. Now, I know one of the well-known sayings is shut your mouth. We are flipping it on its head. (laughs) Open your mouth. Jesus was a conversation starter. Zacchaeus, as he's walking through Zacchaeus is up the tree so we can try and see what's going on. And as Jesus is passing by, he just stops. Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm coming to your house for tea. Jesus was a conversation starter. Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, do you know who I am? Jesus didn't shout, Zacchaeus, do you know what you need to do to be saved? He says, Zacchaeus, let's go and have some food. Let's go and have a Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> he was a conversation starter. The woman at the well that he actually shouldn't have been speaking to. And he was sat at the well and he was weary. He was a human being, he felt what we feel. He was weary, he was shattered, he was exhausted. In the heat of the day. And the woman that he shouldn't have been speaking to came along and he says, oh, could you give me a drink, please? He was a conversation starter. Because you see, out of that conversation, he was going to be able to tell her about living water and a water that never runs dry and a water where she'll never thirst again. And he was able to share with the truth. But he didn't say to her, oh, that, you don't need that water. Stop the water. 
what you need is living water. We just started a conversation. <laughs> just a normal conversation. <sighs> Can you get me a drink of water? I'm gasping. I'm so thirsty. Could you just grab me a drink of water? To which then she said, well, you shouldn't be speaking to me. I didn't bother Jesus. Because he came to seek and save the lost. And through being a conversation starter, he was able to speak into her life where she found freedom. Open your mouth. Be a conversation starter. Who are you in conversation with? What are you saying? What am I saying? Am I a, am I a moaner? <laughs> Do I moan about this, that and the other? Let's be a conversation start with the reputation of Jesus. What's your story? What's your story about finding Jesus? What's your story about knowing God? You have a story. Don't worry about what you've got to say. Share your story. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. You know what I would say is part of number three? Go away today and write your story. Condense it into about two or three minutes. Write your story. So that when those conversations come about and the opening comes for you to speak into somebody's life, you've got your story of what Jesus did for you. Be prepared. As Christians, we are always preaching a message. What message am I preaching? What is my DNA? We need to work while it's still light, church. We need to seek and save the lost through the name of Jesus. We're not in heaven, we're on earth. And there's a lot of brokenness going on around us. But we have the answer. We have life. And we have freedom. We are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. Have your mind on the mission. Be a mover with a reputation of Jesus. And open your mouth. And start a conversation. Even if it's asking somebody for a drink of water because you're parched. Even if it's inviting someone for tea. Even if it's just asking somebody, are you okay? Let's move from putting on the jacket to share Jesus to the fact that sharing Jesus is just what we do. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, church.